You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Third down, inches to go. The Peter, 17 to 14, Cowboys out in front. Star begins to count. Takes the snap. He's got the quarterback. He's got the What's up, Packer fans? Hope you're having a great Tuesday afternoon. My name is Clayton. Welcome to Packers Total Access. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you want to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. Um, if you got any questions, comments for the show, that's where you want to send that feedback. And just want to say today's show is brought to you by mercyandme.ca. Guys, if you're looking to uh, make a purchase for a family member and friends, you know, that might be expecting a little one, go check out their website. It's easy to order ship right to your door they got everything from blankets to burp cloths to fidgets everything's homemade uh small family-owned business so you're supporting you know that type of deal there they've got everything that you need they got you covered um they are also big supporters of packernet podcast so let's make sure that we support those who support us and also want to plug our uh, monday night football giveaway packers rams december 19th at lambeau field we're giving away an indoor club seat, $500 in value. Um, it'll be in the uh, in the corner of the end zone, but indoors out of the elements, you know, and uh, you'll also get a uh, VIP tailgate party pass, uh, $75 in value there three hours before the game, uh, all you can eat, all you can drink, um, everything. Uh, you can watch the, uh, the late afternoon games before we head over to Lambeau and watch Monday Night Football against the defending world champion, L.A. Rams. So if you want to enter that contest, just go to my Twitter page, um, it's at Packers underscore access. Follow the account and you'll see a tweet pinned at the top of the page. Retweet that tweet and that'll enter you into the contest one time. So on today's show, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of cover the owners meeting. All right. A lot of information came out. We got some surprise news about Brian Gutekunst, the GM, Matt LaFleur, the head coach, as well as, uh, you know, uh, Russ Ball, who handles the contracts for the Green Bay Packers. And just talk about a few financial details that came out of the owners' meeting. And we've got a special guest as well. His name's Packer Owner Bobby. And this dude, if you're not following him on Twitter, make sure you give him a follow. If you go to my Twitter uh, page, you'll see plenty of interaction with us right there at the top. And uh, he is boots on the ground right there at Lambeau Field. We're going to give him a call and uh, and kind of you know test his pulse as far as what's going on in and around Lambeau. And he's also going to tell you his story about how he moved across the country to Green Bay, Wisconsin, with uh, with really nothing to his name just to just to kind of uh, get closer to the Green Bay Packers you know you hear a lot of hardcore Packer fans talk about that type of thing how it's a a lifelong dream to live uh, in Green Bay we're gonna have a great great short conversation with him gonna be awesome there so with that being said man let's just jump right into the owners meeting and all the details all right, so the way we're going to handle this, guys, uh, one of my favorite follows on Twitter is actually Matt Schneidman. Make sure you go give him a follow if you aren't already. It's at Matt Schneidman. The last name is spelled uh, S-C-H-N-E-I-D-M-A-N. 
Awesome, awesome follow, straight to the point. What I like about Matt is he, he doesn't get political. He just brings you Packer news. He seems like a straightforward guy. I really, really like uh, his approach to everything. But I'm going to read some of his tweets off. This came, uh, you know, like I said, during the owners' meeting yesterday. It said, Mark Murphy at the shareholders' meeting praising Devontae Adams and what he did for the team and how he handled this offseason. Quote, I'm very confident he'll be back as a member of our Hall of Fame. No doubt about that. Another tweet says, Mark Murphy says to the crowd, he knows fans want more more noon home games. The Packers have one noon home game this season. And this is what he said, quote, here's the reality. If we have a lot of home games, we are a blank team. All right. It rhymes with pretty, but it's got an I instead of an E. And uh, I'll let you use your imagination, but respect level went way up for Mark Murphy, letting that slip at the owners' meeting. I think is awesome. I know we uh, we had you know a couple of people that we chatted with that were live there in Lambeau Field. Um, in person for the owners meeting and they said that when he let that slip the crowd went nuts they absolutely loved it so it's a great point you know it's it happens to be my favorite time as far as game time right those noon games i don't know there's just something about it man um you got the food fresh off the grill or the pizza just been delivered whatever it is wings whatever you're having and you sit down for that noon game and just knowing there's so much other football going on you're kind of taking a peek at the bears game you know on the ticker and all that and uh it's just a, a bright sunny day at lambeau um, you don't get that, you know, the the shadow casting across it and all that, and just knowing you've got a full day of football ahead of you, and the Packers are already on TV. I absolutely love it. But what Mark Murphy points out here is so true. You know, the reason there's so few noon games for the Packers is because there's such a strong competitor, such a strong team and organization that these four o'clock games they want the Packers on TV. They want them in prime time, which we have multiple prime time games again, you know, just like always. I think it's very, very important. So as much as I love the noon games, I'm glad that there's very few of them because it just means the Packers are that important to the NFL, uh, you know, as far as the current roster and the draw for fans and ratings. I think it's awesome. So and this is a really cool one right here. This comes from Matt Schneiman. He tweeted out and said, Mark Murphy says that Green Bay will likely host the NFL draft in 2025 or 2027. So that's very, very exciting news. I know whatever year the draft does come to Green Bay, I'm making a special trip up there for that. That's going to be an awesome party all week long, um, just getting to hang out with Packer fans. And that's been the coolest thing about seeing these tweets from the owners meeting yesterday was just simply seeing the fan interaction. And all these people that, in most cases, haven't even met each other face-to-face, but they follow each other on Twitter, right? And I choose to use Twitter for those reasons. I use it for the positive aspect. I'm not diving into the political garbage that has everybody divided. I'm not uh, diving into, you know, which religion is more important than the other and all this stuff. I Look, I know where I stand, and who am I to try to tell somebody else how to, uh, how to, uh, to think or act? And there's just way too much of that going on nowadays. It, it, it drives me absolutely insane that people think that that their opinion is more important than someone else's. And, uh, you know, I love just getting on Twitter and seeing these fans interact with each other in a positive way. And it's amazing how all the loud ones, all the ones that want to push their political agenda on people and their religious beliefs on other people and all these things, those are the ones that never seem to show up. You ever notice that? They're just loud mouths on Twitter but they don't ever show up face-to-face, and you see them mingling with other Packer fans. That always cracks me up. But, uh, yeah, so um, moving along here, um, looks like uh, he retweeted a Jason Wildey tweet. 
It says on the at the athletic NFL. Um, in every man-for-himself world of NFL rosters, the Packers' four rookie wide receivers are bonding as they compete inside their dynamics. So there's a cool article there about how the four rookie wide receivers on the Packers roster are, are starting to click. And, you know, when you hear that, it, it makes me think of the young wide receivers we had back in the day with a Jordy Nelson, a Greg Jennings, a James Jones. You know, Driver was a veteran at the time, obviously. but And even Jermichael Finley, when he came into the league, they all came in at about the same time, and you had that click right there, right? That's pretty cool that they're they're building that camaraderie. Um, so here's another tweet. It says, Mark Murphy declines to say whether Brian Gutekunst or Matt LaFleur have been extended past their original contracts, but say both them and Russ Ball will be in the organization for years to come. Now, I want to hit pause here for a second, and I'm going to go to The Athletic, okay? On their website, they had an article that says, Packers extend head coach... Matt LaFleur, uh, GM Brian Gutekunst, and EVP Russ Ball. So it is official. We don't know the details of the extension, but it's now confirmed by The Athletic, um, unless this is just a BS article, that head coach Matt LaFleur, GM Brian Gutekunst, and EVP Russ Ball, Russ Ball who handles the contractual aspect of the front office, have all been extended. So they are locked into multi-year deals, it sounds like. And that is absolutely phenomenal news for us Packer fans. I am so excited that they got that stuff taken care of. And it's cool that that slipped out. For as many people that say the owners' meetings don't matter, oh, it's just financials and a bunch of stuff that's just boring and this and that, um, I just think it's awesome that that leaked out. And uh, Mark Murphy let it slip along with, like I said, the funny uh, funny quote there earlier. So uh, I'm going to scroll past some other news here with the A.J. Dillon thing. If you guys are aware, you've probably seen um, A.J. Dillon had a little bit of run-in with a Green Bay cop at the, uh, at the, the soccer game there uh, on Saturday night. A.J., of course, um, you know, taking the high road, basically saying it was a misunderstanding. Um, I, you know, I, I don't want to get into that negative aspect of, uh, of stuff. It's just amazing. I was, it was so cool to see one of, I think it might have been the first soccer game to ever be played at Lambeau Field. And, of course, they have a rain delay, and then somehow or another something negative happens, and it gets blown up completely. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, it ticked me off more than anybody. To, to see the cop overreact to A.J. Dillon. But at the same time, it's like, is this all we're, all we're going to focus on? Is this one negative thing that happened that night? And it just kudos to A.J. Dillon for, for being, uh, being the bigger man there and, uh, and taking the high road for sure. So in other news that's kind of come out around the owners' meeting, a special teamer for Rich Bisaccia with the Raiders got signed. And that's safety, I think I'm saying it right, Dallin Levitt or Levitt. Um, he has been signed to the Packers roster now, so that's going to be adding to uh, some of the special teams aspects of the roster. I love that Rich Basacci has been aggressive. You could tell that he's feeding these names to Brian Gutekunst, uh, you know, with uh, them getting uh, Keyshawn Nixon obviously signed too. It's not just something where it's, well, we've got a good enough players and we'll coach them up and get it taken care of. I mean, they're being really, really hands-on with every single angle of fixing this special teams, and I think that's great news for us Packer fans. So, um, yeah, so uh, right here, Matt Schneidman does confirm that I uh, can confirm what Rob Rob Domoski reported during my nap, that the Packers signed GM Brian Gutekunst, head coach Matt LaFleur, and EVP Director of Football Operations Russ Ball, two contract extensions this offseason. Now, there was another podcaster that went on the record on his live stream, and he was just bashing the Packers because they, they didn't release this information. They're being so secretive and blah, 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 blah. Who cares? 
Stop being negative. It's a good thing they got they got re-signed. Like, why does everything have to have a negative connotation? Every single aspect of of any news that drops, this one turd in the freaking punch bowl always tries to find some negative to it. I mean, it's it's it, it blows my mind. I mean, the same guy. Oh, I don't even want to get in. I'm not going to get into it. I mean, when you, yeah, we're going to move on. <laughs> Man, it just drives me crazy. Like, get a life. You're, you're people repellent. Why don't you try to focus on something positive for once around the Packers instead of trying to bring every single positive Packer fan down? There's Packer fans that have dealt with COVID. There's Packer fans that have dealt with layoffs. There's Packer fans that are dealing with the recession in the economy right now. There's Packer fans that, you know, they they don't know where they're going to get their next meal right now. And we're going to have a conversation with a guy who laid it all on the line just to get closer to Green Bay, to be around something that he loved and had so much passion for. But you got the, everybody is dealing with their own crap right now. And they use sports as this outlet to kind of get away from that. And Green Bay is this team, this organization that brings people so much joy, right? And it's like, okay, yeah, life kind of sucks right now, and I'm going to pull out of that, but right now I want to focus on the Packers. And you've got these idiots that all they want to do is dump more garbage on the listeners, more garbage on the Packer fans, because that's what their life revolves around, getting crap face drunk on live streams, making an idiot out of themselves, and then trying to look at every single little negative aspect of the, the only bright spot in people's lives at the moment. Maybe not the only, but for some people it is. And that's what we want to do here with this podcast. We want to bring you the positives. We want to bring you something that's, man, I'm glad I listened to that. I have a little bit better day now because I listened to something that was positive about my favorite team. I mean, it just drives me crazy, man. Oh, anyway, um, so yeah, that's that's all Matt Schneidman had from the owners' meetings, um, which it's great information. I did a little bit more digging and got some financial info here. It says the Packers now have four hundred and forty point seven million dollars in their reserve fund, so that's good news. Um, as you guys know, uh, the financial financials were looking up. I'm gonna try to see if I can find some more details right now. And yeah, it looks like I found it right here. First of all, this is a, a cool little nugget of news. This came from Jennifer Matthews on Twitter. She said, because they're publicly owned, the only NFL team who is, the Packers must release their financials. It gives a glimpse into the financial state of the league. Note, each team received $347.3 million from revenue sharing of the $11.1 billion of TV and sponsorship money. So I'm going to read that again. Each team received uh, $347,300,000 from revenue sharing of the $11.1 of TV and sponsorship money, which is great news for across the league. You guys heard us talk about in the past uh, Packers history segment where the Mara family and the Hallis family, you know, the, the Mara family owning the New York Giants back in the day, still do to this day, the Hallis family, which is now the McCaskies, um, you know, which I don't think they're doing the Hallis' justice. That's just me personally. I, I, I'm one that likes to see um, old classic teams do well, and I think it's great for the Packers when the Bears are somewhat respectable. Because, you know, that that kind of plays into that rivalry a little bit more. It's kind of like the Dallas Cowboys. You love to hate them. And 
it, when the Cowboys are good, I feel like it's good for the league because it gives you somebody to root against rather than, you know, well, yeah, it looks like they're going to win three games this year. Let's just forget about them. But, um, you know, the Bears founded by the Hallis family and obviously now owned by the McCaskies, which, you know, I won't go into the details of how that name gets implemented, but um, they just, they're just they just not doing the Bears justice. It's its sad, but at the same time, it's a Packers rival. So, hey, it is what it is. We're, uh, it's not necessarily bad news, right? But it, it came down to people like the Chicago Bears and the New York Giants that said, look, we want to share revenue with the rest of the league. So these small market teams like the Green Bay Packers, the Buffalo Bills can actually exist. And, you know, Burt Bell, I believe was his name, was the commissioner at the time that Lambeau Field was created. And he talked about as soon as the Green Bay Packers fans put in all the money and, uh, and you know, came up with the funds to create Lambeau Field back in the day, which was one of the first ever stadium, one of, if not the first, uh, stadiums that was primarily for football and not just a baseball stadium modified to play football as well. Burt Bell said the fact that they invested all that, that he would make sure that the Packers 100% stayed afloat in Green Bay and were not moved from Green Bay because he had so much respect for the fact that the fans, you know, aka the citizens of Green Bay came together and helped fund that. Um, so, it, you know, it still stands to this day. But it says, uh, John McClain, this was on July 22nd, Packers report $77.7 million in operating profit on $579 million in revenue. So the Packers revenue for last year, $579 million. That is a healthy chunk of change right there. And they report $77.7 million in operating profit. And like I said, the Packers now have $440.7 million in their reserve fund. So that's great news there as well. So the Packers are, uh, things are looking great, man. And uh, there's an article here by WTM, no, it's this by NBC26 in Green Bay. Mark Murphy describes the 2022 Packers financials as a, quote, return to normalcy. It says, Packers president and CEO Mark Murphy uh, led the meeting Friday to, to discuss the team's financials for the 2022 fiscal year. This was uh, last Friday. Total revenue went up 14.2% between 2020 and 2022. Total revenue was $506.9 million in 2020, $371.1 million in 2021, and $579 million in 2022. So Murphy called this a record in revenues, breaking it down into local revenues that went up 9.9%. Murphy said the ability to come back to tour Lambeau Field and enjoy the atrium after being closed during the pandemic made a huge impact, as well as a pro shop, which had its best fiscal year. Uh, I know it was awesome uh, yesterday during the owners' meeting, seeing everybody tweet out pictures from the Packer Pro Shop, spending money there at the Pro Shop, supporting the team, fans being back in the building's awesome. I was there last year. Man, had that thing, that place changed. It was it was really, really awesome to see how they modified the Pro Shop and uh, and adjusted Lambeau Field and done some of the expansion from the last time I was there. Really cool. Uh, Titletown also impacted local revenue. Murphy said he was very proud of how much the area has grown and how it met and succeeded his expectations. He also calls a community asset calls it a community asset and a priority and wants to improve the connection between Titletown and Lambeau Field as time goes on. So Titletown is not finished, guys. It's going to continue to boom. It's going to continue to grow and and and, uh, and advance there in that area. They've bought up more property. Um, that's something that's going to continue to to thrive, and that's going to be a huge, huge asset to the Green Bay Packers moving forward. It says nationally, the numbers jumped 17.3% from $309 million 
347 million. This increase, Murphy said, mostly came from the 17th game the team had during the football season, as well as a mix of new TV deals. It's important to note that this year's stock sale is not considered revenue. Overall, the team was pleased with the results of the sale. It grossed $64.7 million and added 177,000 new shareholders. Shout out to you guys that are listening right now that are new shareholders. Congratulations, and thank you so much for supporting the team. It, uh, it makes all the difference in the world. I, I purchased another stock with this drive um, and uh, blessed to, uh, to have the, uh, the extra funds to do that. I just love supporting the team, love the piece of memorabilia, and it's so cool seeing the pride in people's eyes when they're able to do that and contribute to the Packers. It makes them feel like they've really made a difference, and, and they have in all honesty. Um, of, it says, all of that money goes towards stadium projects like new video boards at the stadium and the ongoing work for concessions in the concourse. Um, expenses also went up 14.8% from $409.9 million to $501 million. Murphy explained the pandemic, the player salary cap, and the, the renegotiating player contract played a part. So this includes Aaron Rodgers' contract and, uh, and all the other deals that were done. So other numbers to keep in mind, uh, profit from operations increased 10%. Up to seventy-seven million, and net income increased from sixty point seven million to sixty-one point six million. Um, says the only loss was with the investment fund from one hundred twenty million to five point one million. Uh, Murphy also talked about the estimate estimated impact of the upcoming Manchester City versus uh, Bayern Munich. Um, Soccer game at Lambeau Field. They predict this game will bring in around $10 million in revenue for the community. The Packers, quote, will make a little, according to Murphy, from that game. So far, ticket sales have been a success. They said at least one bought in every single state and in 19 different countries. So that's awesome. 19 different countries purchased tickets to watch that soccer game there uh, Saturday night. Absolutely awesome. So Packers financials are looking up. I know that can be boring sometimes just reading numbers like that, but I think it is very, very important that we cover that stuff. It's it's something that I think uh, really plays a role into the health of the Green Bay Packers. All right, more news here coming from Rob Demosky uh, on Twitter. He says, in addition to signing uh, Levitt, the safety that we talked about earlier, the Packers worked out quarterback Nate Stanley from Iowa, wide receiver Jonathan Adams from Arkansas State, wide receiver Osiris Mitchell from Mississippi State, wide receiver Ryan Wisnitsky from UW Whitewater. There you go, little local guy. Um, center Ty Clary um, from Arkansas and guard Denzel Okafor from Texas. All right, so before we move on from the uh, the owners' meetings there in Green Bay and the news coming out of there, um, let's do this. Let's go boots on the ground with Packer owner Bobby, who's right there in Lambeau Field um, for the Packers' owners' meeting yesterday, and we had a great conversation with him. I'm telling you right now, you need to go follow this guy on Twitter, and uh, his story is, is pretty, pretty cool. I, I think a lot of Packer fans, as you listen to this interview, um, you're going you're gonna to relate to him very well. I guarantee you, if you're a diehard Packer fan like me and like Bobby, at one point or another, you thought, I wonder if I should move to Green Bay. Is that possible? Well, there was one guy who had the testicular fortitude to do it. But before we bring him in there, let's uh, take a quick commercial break and pay some bills. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones 
And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. We're very honored now to have on the line with us uh, Bobby, the uh, the Packer owner. And Bobby, man, it, it's my understanding your boots on the ground, right? You're right up there at Lambeau Field. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Historic Lambeau Field. Heaven Actually, on earth. Is it not a beautiful place, dude? Man, you get goosebumps every time. I've been living here three years now, and you still get goosebumps every time you pass it. That's a fact, man. And I'm glad you mentioned that. You said you've been up there for three years now, and I was reading an article that was written on on kind of telling your story. And I thought, man, it would be uh, it would be such a mistake if we didn't have you kind of share your story with our listeners. And uh, let's just do that, man. It's my understanding you you moved all the way to Green Bay from Georgia. Is that right? Yep, from Georgia back in 2019, April 1st. I so wanted what, to follow what, my heart. Yeah, what caused you to do it, man? Just tell me the story. I, I want it from start to finish, man. Man, I just wanted to follow my heart and follow my dreams, you know? I was just wanted to start doing, you know, what I wanted to do in life, you know? I was just doing what everybody else wanted me to do, and I just sat back and said, you know what? It's time for me to follow my heart and my dreams, and let's move to Green Bay. I moved here. I was homeless for three and a half weeks. I was living out of my truck. I had my dog with me. Um, the place that I was supposed to move into didn't fall through and the job that I was supposed to get didn't fall through. When I got here, it was all lies. So then I'm, I'm, I moved to green Bay. I'm happy to be here, but then I have no job and nowhere to live. Right. So I, you know, immediately I started, I got, got the mind of a hustler. I had, all right, I got to start making connections. I got to start doing something, you know? And uh, I was happy to be here, but then I got a job working at Greystone. That's a spot uh in Ledgeview over here in Green Bay a lot of the players and coaches live in that area and they eat at that restaurant 
So I got a job working there to where I would deliver food to the players and coaches. So that was amazing. That's kind of how I got started meeting players. You know, I meet them at their homes. And a lot of the players and coaches, they would invite me in and stuff when I tell them, you know, hey, I moved to Georgia, I moved here from Georgia and everything. So that's how I got introduced to a lot of the players. And then I got a job working for the Packers at the pro shop, you know, so that was also fun where you get to meet more players and get the behind scenes of the Packers organization, you know? Dude, that is, that's freaking amazing, man. It's I mean, crazy it, coming from Georgia, man. Yeah, because I'm, I'm located in Tennessee. You probably hear the accent, right? <laughs> but Oh, yeah, definitely. So, you know, I've been to Braves games. I've been to Falcons games. It's a little bit different feel up there than Atlanta, isn't it, man? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. It's a lot <laughs> smaller. It's quieter. You know, yeah. when it's football season, it's, it's, it's beautiful here, you know, but it's just that off season, you know, where ain't no football is really nothing. If you don't, if you don't drink pretty much or be at the bars and stuff, there really ain't much going on out here. <laughs> that's right. Cheese curds and beer. It's about this. <laughs> Lunch, breakfast and dinner. <laughs> I love it, man. Love it, dude. Um, cause it's funny because my wife and I, at the time we were dating and this was back in 2003 and I, I wasn't even really an NFL fan. I, I didn't have a favorite NFL team. And I was, you know, reading up. I kept hearing about this historic Lambeau field and the Green Bay Packers. And and I've told this story so many times. I'm not going to bore you with all the details. But I watched the DVD and was like, man, we got to go up there. So we did much like you did. We just loaded up in the car, bought tickets, and went and watched them play the Bears. And I've been hooked wow. ever since. So it's yeah. just something about that place, man. It's like a magnet to uh, sports fans. It's awesome. But uh, I seen today, man, you got to uh, – you ran into Elton Jenkins. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Elton Jenkins, he was out there. And nobody – see, this is the thing. Once you live out here, you start to recognize the players without their football gear on. They're just in regular gear. Nobody knew who he was. He was just walking through. <laughs> Everybody was just passing him. And I had my friend with me, and I said, look at look at Elton Jenkins right there. Look at Elton Jenkins. He was like, that. Is it? He's like, what? Is that him? I said, man, that's Elton Jenkins, our – Pro Bowl offensive lineman. Yeah. And no he was doubt. like, no. And, and we got closer to him, and then he was able to to take That's a quick – he said, make it quick because, you know, you got to yeah. – you know, he don't, you want to call so much attention. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's funny you say that because the first time we went there, the one of the things I had to do for my, my fiancé or my girlfriend at the time, you know, now we're married, I was like, man, I got you an awesome day set up at the spa, you know, massage, all that stuff, right? And uh, we, we roll up in the parking lot, and literally it was like, I mean, we were a good 60 yards away, dude. And I look up and I go, that's Nick Barnett. And, my, and Mandy, oh, wow. Mandy was like, how do you know who that is from that far away? I'm like, I'm <laughs> telling you, that's Nick Barnett. Uh-huh. That's hilarious, dude. Well, let me ask Packer, you. Go uh-huh. ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you good. Go I was ahead. about to say, us Packer fans, we just – we recognize the players. Even in their gear, we rec- we recognize their facial expressions when they make a tackle, when they score a touchdown. And then so when you see them without their Packer uniform on, just in regular clothes, you can just automatically yeah, – I've seen that expression. I've seen that face before. Yeah, absolutely, man. So you were at the owners' meetings today, man. Tell me, what was the energy like? I know I, I read a quote from Mark Murphy where he dropped some bad language, and this is a family show here, so we're going to keep the <laughs> details out. But, man, my respect went up for him a whole nother level. But it, it sounded like everybody had a great time. What was the energy like there at the owners' meetings? Man, it's always good to be there to, to meet other fellow owners and then this one was a bunch of new owners since we just opened up the stock again so i got to meet a lot of new owners for the first time and just when mark murphy come out when brian gudekins come out he's done an amazing job since he's been here and um uh, it's just good to hear it's just good to hear the finances and where the money is where the money's being spent 
and all the upcoming projects that they got going on. Like as of right now, they're building an underground parking deck for the players. So no more will the players pull into Lambeau Field where you can see them park and get out and go into Lambeau Field. They're going to be going underground now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard heard about the cranes being up there and all that, and then also yeah. the details came out, if I understood correctly, Bobby, that that next year the video boards are going to be ready for the new the the new video boards for next season for the state. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, so a lot bigger than what we got. So that's going to those are going to be amazing. Like it's, it's it's awesome the upgrades that Lambeau Field has been getting over the years. Yeah, absolutely, it's it's, 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 it's amazing. This is truly history in the making and just to see what it was back in the sixties and seventies, you know, you see pictures and you can look up videos and everything like that, man. It's just amazing to see how it was to how it is now. And this is how wide Lambeau field is the best place to come watch football. Absolutely, man. Hands down. And it's, it's awesome because I've met people from, you know, Steelers fans to Eagles fans to um, Cleveland Brown fans uh, that we ran into there one time and even Vikings fans, believe it or not, man, I said about 13 rows up uh, from the field and Aaron Rodgers' very first start there at Lambeau. And we sat next to two Vikings fans and they were like, this is the best place to watch a ball game. And I'm going, it's just, people come in, they walk in the stadium and it's like, Oh my God, this is just right. it's real. You know, it's it's kind of like Field of Dreams, right? Is this heaven? But mm-hmm. <laughs> man, I first tell you time, one of the other first things time I went, first thing I time I went there, man, I promise you I cried. I couldn't I and it wouldn't I couldn't hold it back. It's like you get in there and you just look around and it's just tears of like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here. That's exactly how it is. Yeah, especially a stadium tour where the stadium's empty. That's the best. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you hear the go pack go chant. Yeah. Oh yeah. It echoes. Yeah. yeah. Amazing, dude. Amazing. The coolest thing, too, was looking at your Twitter feed today and seeing uh, you running into fellow fans that you, you know, it's amazing. You're connected on Twitter and on social media, and then you get to meet them face to face, and they're there. That's just awesome. That adds to it, man. But man, uh, that makes me feel so good when people come up to me and be like, hey, man, I follow you on Twitter or I follow you on Facebook. Hey, I, my kids watch your stories. On, I'm big on um Facebook, so a lot of people be following me on there and it's just like man my my kids watch your stories man my kids you know because i'm very kid friendly when i do certain things yeah when i post and stuff because i know i have an image to uphold when i put that packer on or helmet on i'm representing the green bay packers absolutely man you know what i'm saying so and i take that packer owner serious i take it serious yeah so i watch you know things that i post and things like that and i'm always for the kids people that want to picture with me i don't never charge mm-hmm. and it's just i always take pictures and, ch- and check this out I remember when I was younger, I was living in Madison, Wisconsin. I was born in Madison, Wisconsin. I moved to Georgia when I was 13. So I'm from Georgia because I've been there for more than half of my life. Right. But when I was living in Madison, Wisconsin, I remember in elementary school, this is no lie. I remember going to school and seeing all the other kids with Packer book bags and Packer hats and Packer jerseys and football that they would play with at recess. And I had this little beanie baby. You know them little beanie babies? Yeah. Like a little beanie baby Packer football that fit in the palm of your hand. And I had this dingy, it it didn't even have a G on it. It didn't even say Packers on it. It wasn't even the Packer colors. It was just like a dingy green and yellow. But that was the (laughs) hat that I had that represented the Packers. That's just what we could afford at the time. Right. And I promise you, I made a promise to myself saying, I promise one day I'm going to have a Packer car. I'm going to have a Packer room. I'm going to Packer everything. And yeah. I promise you, and that's why I go so hard with what I do. Because I don't know if you've seen my Packer vehicle that I had. It was crazy. Like, 
Packers deck. If you look on my Twitter, you'll see it. <laughs> I love it, dude. I Crazy. Love, love I decked that thing out from front to back, Packers. And, you know, just how I am with the Packers now, it, it just makes me feel good every time I put that helmet on because that's a promise that I made to myself, let alone be an owner. I never thought I would be an NFL owner. Yeah. A Packer owner. That, that's just, that blew my mind. I love it, dude. Yeah, I've got two stocks hanging on the wall behind me here. My wife surprised me with one. The the first one back in, I think it was 2010, 2011. And, okay, uh, that's when I got mine. Yeah, and what's crazy is that was like one of our worst financial years of our personal mm-hmm. life. Like we had ran mm-hmm. into some really bad problems, and she surprised me that Christmas. And that thing wow. means more to me than anything. You know, I mean, it's just, that's amazing. Well, I'll tell you this, uh, several of us from Packernet Podcast are going to be up there for the uh, the LA Rams game in December. So if 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 there's any way that we could meet up with you, shake a hand, you know, take a picture, maybe grab dinner or something, we would love to do that. It's going to be December 19th game, that Monday night football game. So if you're around, let's stay connected and make sure we hook okay, up. Definitely. Definitely. Right. We can make that work. Definitely. All right, sounds good, man. I can't thank you enough, dude. Bobby, Packer owner Bobby, dude, we really appreciate your time, man. Hey, you're welcome, brother. Take care. Thank you for having me on, man. Thank you. This is awesome. Very an honor. Yeah, go Pack Go, man. Go Pack Go, brother. All right, guys, as we get ready to wrap up this this pre-training camp episode of Packers Total Access, I thought we would just hit on a little bit of league news. As you guys know, Kyler Murray signed a huge extension there with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, man, I just, I don't know what to think about Kyler Murray. He's got all the tools in the bag, but watching the guy's body language, I said it from day one. I'm like, this guy just doesn't seem like a team leader. He just doesn't, he just doesn't seem like he's that, that guy that you want to build a team around. He's got all the talent in the world, but when you watch his body language, he reminds you so much of a Jay Cutler. He really does. And, uh, you know, one of the things was, I think it was Buda Baker that got injured. Was it last year, I believe? And, I know Michael Lombardi and some other people have been very, very vocal about this. When he got hurt, every Arizona Cardinal player came off the bench onto the field to touch, to you know, give a little bit of words of encouragement. I believe it was Buda Baker that got hurt. The only player that didn't was Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray sat on the bench, on the sideline, while all the other teammates went out there. And that really said a lot. And at the time, I didn't think nothing of it. But then as a, as the year went on and I kept watching him, I'm just like, this guy does not seem like a leader. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. But they they have definitely made a commitment to uh, Cliff, King, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Now, you know, from the Arizona Cardinals as a competitor, you know, to the Green Bay Packers standpoint, you know, a lot of people forget in the first half of that season last year, they were one of, if not the team to beat in the NFC. That was the team that seemed like they put it together. And then the 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 wheels absolutely, the wheels didn't just fall off. The wheels came off and passed the vehicle up. Like it was, it was so bad, the ending to that season last year. So the fact that they've kind of handcuffed themselves with this contract with Kyler Murray, um, it's one thing to to offer a huge contract to a multi-MVP Aaron Rodgers and someone who's already got a Super Bowl ring, someone who's a leader in the locker room, his, his teammates respect him so much. But to offer that money to a player like Kyler Murray that all those question marks still loom over him, I don't know, man. I just don't I don't see it as a good signing. But let's move on to NFC North news here as we get ready to wrap, wrap this show up. And uh, this is really, really interesting. It's going to get even more interesting as time goes on. So Ian Rappaport tweeted out, 
Bears, Chicago Bears All-Pro linebacker Roquan Smith will not be participating in training camp when veteran report tomorrow. Um, it says, sources say, uh, because of his contract situation, Sw Smith is not yet received an offer he would remotely consider, thus he'll wait. So um, if you scroll on up to Ian's, uh, the rest of Ian's uh, Twitter page, I don't. I won't play the video, but in a video it says from inside training camp, Bears star linebacker Roquan Smith won't be participating in training camp due to his contract situation. Now it's my understanding that he is his own agent as well. Now why is this important to Packer fans? Well, it's important because it's my understanding that Rashawn Gary is his own agent as well. Now I'm not trying to draw a parallel with Roquan Smith and Rashawn Gary by no means, but when you hear that, it's kind of like. Okay, well, there's no agent that's in the way, and in the past, it seems to have gotten in the way of negotiations. You know, you kind of seen that there with T.J. Watt in Pittsburgh, where to the point where T.J. Watt basically shoved his agent out of the way, went in, talked to ownership, and got the deal done himself. Well, you don't have that here, so it's kind of unique. That's why I have a lot more faith and uh, Rashawn Gary's deal getting done sooner rather than later is because you could tell Rashawn really has the work ethic. He's a team player. He embodies everything that it is to be a Green Bay Packer. Put cheese on everything. You know that was his big hashtag forever. If it not, if it's not, you know, still, um, he's somebody who has embraced Green Bay and Green Bay's embraced him. That's a deal that I think will get done. Seeing that there's not an agent in the way, but the fact that Roquan Smith is holding out for more money and he is his own agent. Um, it kind of, uh, or he represents himself, I should say. Uh, I don't know. It kind of seems like there's some uh, trouble looming there. Now, when it comes to Roquan Smith, I've I've been in conversation with uh, with Bears fans all off season, and the big arguing point is: Did you see he had 160 tackles or whatever the stats were? Stats this, stats that, and then you go to PFF and his grades were pretty bad, right? And you know they'll scoff at it, scoff at it, and laugh, and they said, you know. Yeah, all PFF does is pump up players that aren't any good and this and that. And I'm going, you don't know what PFF does. So the fact that Roquan and the Chicago Bears are so far off in their contract negotiations, and you look at the statistics that he puts up, which is what Bear fans are clinging to, my response was, how many wins did that get you? Oh, okay. Got, got kind of quiet there, right? So you would rather have tackles and less wins then you would rather have high PFF grades and that correlation that's directly in line with the teams that have a lot of success. I mean, it's not a coincidence that these players like an Aaron Rodgers that wins MVP, right, and he's at the top of his game, grade really high, right? It's not a coincidence that every time somebody like a Rashawn Gary who's graded out well the last few years and everybody just, you know, nobody talked about him in the media, but all of a sudden last year, now everybody sees the lot. We've seen this coming. Ryan beat the table for this guy and was like, he is a, he's going to be a stud. And Ryan was as critical of Rashawn Gary as anyone when we drafted him, just like I was, just like Jacob talked about it on Sunday's show. So many people were anti-Rashawn Gary, not as a person, but it was just like, I don't understand this pick. Lo and behold, he, year two, you start to see it. Year three, is he's blowing up. It's like, oh, my God, this guy's going to be a superstar, right? Well, PFF shows that, and now the rest of the media is starting to come around, right? You know, it's like Joe Burrow. So many people said that Cincinnati Bengals would do nothing with Joe Burrow. Then all of a sudden, they're playing in the Super Bowl, and you look at Joe Burrow's grade, and he I'm pretty sure he was the highest-graded quarterback in the entire National Football League last year. Okay, that must just be a coincidence, right? If you were to look at the statistics, you might not think that. 
because he made mistakes here and there. But the consistency that he did show throughout the course of the year was good enough quarterback play at the at the most important position in the entire National Football League that got them into the Super Bowl. PFF is being proven right year in and year out now. And anybody who decides to just put their, their head in the, in the sand and pretend like it doesn't matter and it's a big joke and this and that, it's not everything, okay? It's not perfect. But to me, it's the best metric we have. If you take that and then look at the the performance of the team and you look at the tape and you can really see a correlation between that PFF grade and what shows up on tape and how effective players are within their scheme. I think it's great. It's just a great way to compare apples to apples rather than look at statistics and and playing this quote-unquote fantasy football approach to understanding football and what's a good player and what isn't. You know, I, I just think it's huge. I really do. So you, you heard about the Kyler Murray extension, and now, lo and behold, Adam Scheffner uh, also tweeted out um, yesterday. He said, Bengals president Mike Brown says focus is to give quarterback Joe Burrow an extension. Once again, PFF rating Joe Burrow as the highest-graded quarterback in the entire league, and here he is getting ready to get a huge contract extension, what, just two years into the league. I mean, it, it lines up perfectly. So I just wanted to kind of go around the league there, give you give you kind of a let's let's check the pulse of the league any breaking news obviously we mentioned the the players that are in to work out for the Packers um, as we get ready for training camp and let's talk about some dates real quick and we'll get you guys out of here so obviously the shareholders meeting uh, was yesterday that was a success uh, Packers veterans report today so in the next few days we're going to get you some good sound bites uh, from some of the uh, the press conferences and interviews things like that now on Wednesday uh, here uh, tomorrow, July 27th, um, Packers training camp will officially open. And I believe I'm going to go to the thread here. J.J. Leahy posted in our Discord chat some really important dates. And I'm going to kind of hit on those real quick. Yeah, here it is. This comes from J.J. Leahy sharing this in our, our uh, Packernet uh, podcast uh, family uh, chat here. So it looks like um, let's just go ahead and start on Wednesday the 27th to kind of give you guys an idea. At 10.45 a.m. local time, there'll be an open practice. On Thursday the 28th, there'll be an open practice at the same time, 10.45 a.m. Looks like uh, Friday it's at least closed to the public if they are practicing. Saturday will be another open practice, same time, uh, 10.45 a.m. Uh, nothing on Sunday. Then on Monday, August the 1st, there'll be an open practice. On Tuesday, there'll be an open practice. On Thursday, there'll be an open practice. And then, guys, August the 5th is Packers Family Night at Lambeau Field, 7.30 p.m. Really excited about that. And uh, you can see things are starting to really pick up. There are going to be more open practices. Looks like uh, on Sunday the 7th, Monday the 8th, uh, Wednesday the 10th, and then, of course, on the 12th will be the San Francisco 49ers preseason game at 7.30. And we will be doing a post-game show there and just to kind of give you guys a heads up of how that's going to work. Um, the day of the game, we're going to start a Twitter feed, okay? And uh, what we want you guys to use that Twitter feed for, we're going to put up a post and say this is the preseason uh, you know, uh, tweet page, whatever it is. You know, We'll come up with a, a savvy name for it. And we want you guys 
to ask us questions for the post-game show, any comments you got on the game, right? Um, when we put that post up there, that tweet up there, we want you to say, hey, man, so-and-so looked good, or what did you think about this aspect of the game? If there was an injury, God forbid, right? Um, you know, what's the latest on him? Whatever questions you got. And we're going to immediately follow in the game. We're going to do a post-game show. We're going to cut that podcast and get it out to you guys as soon as possible. So the next work day, you'll be able to listen to the post-game show, get caught up on the preseason action if indeed you were out of market and couldn't watch the game. And we'll just kind of fill you in on that. We're going to do that every preseason and every regular season game this coming year. and We're really, really excited about that. I think it's going to add a nice little touch to the Packernet podcast community and just kind of give you guys that information. There's definitely not enough post-game coverage, in my opinion. Usually it's you got to wait till the next day to get a podcast for someone just talking about things that happen in the game. You're going to get, you know, uh, immediate reaction following the game from me, from Jacob. We're going to try to have Ryan on from time to time. Anyone who wants to join us here within the Packer Net podcast community and uh, and get everybody on to talk about the game. So with that being said, we're going to sign off right there, guys. Um, we're about 44 minutes in here. Again, I just wanted to give you an update from the owners meeting. I want to give a special uh, thanks and shout out to Packer owner Bobby for coming on. And uh, man, what an amazing story. What's cool about Bobby, and he'd be the one to tell you this. He is one of so many so many of you guys that your fandom, I mean, it blows my mind on a daily basis. Packers fans are the absolute best fans in the entire world. I mean, you guys, the, the love that you've shown me coming on here and doing this podcast and just supporting me and, and the information you've shared with me and email and everything else, um, it's something that, that I don't take lightly. And I know, you know, it's it's fans like you that inspired someone like Bobby to move across the country to get closer to the Green Bay Packers because his experience with Packer fans and being a Packer fan at far was just so awesome. And that's why I get so pissed off, excuse my language, at these guys that get paid to cover the team. And their job is to bring you the information and the news. And for whatever reason, they want to drag the team down. And they want to be negative about every little thing. They want to try to create political division and all these things. Again, I I, I hate bringing it up. It's just, I, I just want to say thank you to the fans that are hearing my voice right now. That you continue to be positive and you continue to uplift people. And you get, continue to do things the right way. And you're not, you're unifiers. You're not dividers. You're not looking to divide the fan base. You're looking to, hey, what do we have in common? We don't see race. We don't see political division. We don't see financial division. We don't care if you're you're poor and you live, you know, in a housing project somewhere, which is where I was born, by the way, right? And we don't care anything about your background other than you're a Packer fan, and when you're a Packer fan, you're family. And we take care of one another. We lift each other up. When somebody, you know, we had a, a fellow Packer fan that, that had a hard time this week. And what happened? A ton of other Packer fans came running right along on Twitter and lifted him up. And it, it, Because we genuinely care about each other. Do me a favor. Anytime you see one of these knuckleheads, one of these guys that are born on third base and act like they hit a triple and they've got the world by the tail and they, they, they get literally, it's their job to cover the greatest team on the face of the freaking earth. The next time you see them try to create division between us, unfollow them. Mute them. Pretend like they don't even exist because all they do is bring us down as a fan base. 
So that's what I want to focus on this year. The year is 2022, baby. All this stuff that's happened in the past is in the past. It's in the freaking past. COVID's in the past. Uh, all the, the political garbage we had to deal with with this last election's in the past. We're going to focus on the Green Bay Packers and how we can lift each other up as Packer fans. That's our goal this year. Let's be unified. Let's be one, one fan base and have each other's back. So thank you guys so much for the time hanging out with us. We appreciate it. We never take it lightly. Um, it means the world to us. As always, and I mean this, let's go out and be the freaking change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go. Third down, inches to go. Debater. 17 to 14. Cowboys out in front. 